hold nothing back. Our job is to cry out with all we've got, holy, 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 worthy are you. Amen. Well, it's great to be here with you. It's great to be worshiping with you, man. We're in a series here. We launched it just a few weeks back, and it's called The Thunderous Sevens and the Copycat. The Thunderous Sevens and the Copycat. We're walking through Revelation chapters 4 through 19, and we're going to be learning all that God has to say about those final seven years, and then Christ comes. Like, what's coming at the end here? That's what we're going to be seeing, but more than that, we're going to be seeing the greatness and the grandeur and the glory of our King. Remember, it can get too easy to get distracted into some of the stuff that's going to be going on and stuff that's going to be going wrong, and all of a sudden we miss out out on the call to worship. Our battle cry is for worship, not for worry. Everybody say it with me. For worship, not for worry. Louder and bigger. For worship, not for worry. Don't miss it. That's why we're here. And today is going to be kicking that off. Here's what I love. When God makes clear what he's got uh, planned and what's going on, the first thing he says is, hang on, I need you to see how awesome I am. Hang on, I need you to see my greatness. I need you to see all that I am. And then I'm going to walk you into a little bit of what's coming. So today is a massive celebration of the glory and greatness of our God. Our job is to take in all that he is and be stunned and be in awe and bring worship with all we've got. So do me a favor, turn with me, if you will, to Revelation chapter 4, in your Revelation booklets there that you should have. Just uh, look to week number 3 in there, and we're going to go after it together, all right? We're diving into Revelation chapter 4. Point number 1, behold the glory and holiness of God the Father. Behold the glory and holiness of God the Father. Starts out in verse 1 of chapter 4. After this, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here, and I will show you what you must, what must take place after this. Let's just hold right there. He says, after this, after what? Well, after the first three chapters of Revelation, right? When you're in chapter four and it says after this, it's like what came before it. But more than that, it's after Christ revealed himself. Remember in Revelation one, where Christ showed himself, the son of man, the son of glory, his face beaming forth with power and authority, with the seven lampstands representing the seven churches around him, the seven stars in his hand, meaning I'm the one who will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. He's introduced Introduced himself and his glory and greatness, and then he walked in seven letters to the churches. Dear church, dear church, dear church, as he's calling them to things that need to adjust and things that need to change in their worship that God might get all the glory. After John received a little bit of an understanding of Jesus and a little bit of a message to the churches, after this, that's where we're picking it up, right? After this, I looked, and behold, and when we see the word behold, we say, dude, don't miss it. The word behold means look and see. Check this out. See what came next. John says, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. 
Dude, I'm not sure if the word behold does that justice. All of a sudden, he's getting a glimpse into the glory and perfection that we know of and call heaven. All of a sudden, he's beginning to grasp the perfection and the worship and the glory of God. The door opened up, and he's getting a privilege that is rare and unique. A door standing open in heaven, he says, and the first voice, which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet, everybody say, that's Jesus. If you remember back to Revelation chapter 1, as John was sitting there having just a power worship moment of quiet on the island of Patmos, all of a sudden, thundering voice like a trumpet began to speak to him, Jesus Christ, introducing himself, introducing the call to the churches, introducing all that he is, that thunderous trumpet-like voice, the voice that called out to me at first, Jesus Christ said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. I, I, I don't know if we can really imagine like John is sitting there and all of a sudden he sees the, the heavens open and then he hears a thunderous voice, come up here. There has to be a moment where he was like, me? Like I, for real? Here? Now? And the thunderous voice of Jesus saying, come up here. I'm going to show you what must take place after this. Jesus is beginning to introduce to him the final seven years. Of the 77s we looked at last week, this is the 70th seven to come. And he's like, here's the things that need to take place for it. I'm going to show you that. And uh, let me introduce to you the glory of God and the thunderous sevens that are going to be shown out. He says, at once I was in the spirit and behold. And when we see the word behold, we say, dude, he's used it a couple times. This rocked his world. It says, I was in the spirit. And what that means exactly, we're not sure. There's some level of his spirit having an experiential moment with God Almighty. Body still here on earth, but spirit having this privileged experience with the king of the universe. He's like, somehow in the spirit, I was in the heavens and behold, and uh, this huge moment of God being able to reveal to him what's going on, and he began to now describe out the throne room. Please hear me. We're about ready to enter into seeing a little bit of the glimpse of the throne room from John's perspective, some of what went on. And man, it can be easy as we come in, easy to be distracted easy to be hurt by things, easy to be reeling in our own stuff, and we're almost missing it. So here's my request, just right here and now, before we get going, for you to be able to say, Lord God, open my eyes. Lord, help me to see you, maybe like never before. Lord, whatever the distraction, I want to set it down right now. You. You get my worship. Man, just right where you are, let's just take a moment for you to just say to him, Lord, open my eyes. For real, you with your God. Lord, open my eyes. Okay. So John says, I stepped into the heavens and I got to see something amazing and behold, check it out. He says, a throne stood in heaven 
with one seated on the throne. And he who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian. The first thing he sees when he enters into the heavens is, of course, the center of it all, the throne. He sees the greatness and the glory of God the Father seated on the throne. It says that he sees him and he looks like Jasper and Carnelian. Maybe you don't even know what Jasper is. I didn't either. Jasper, it's sort of this diamond-like, almost crystal-like. It's clear, but when light hits it, I mean white light splashes off, colored prism light splashes off. It is an amazing, bright, reflective, prism-like stone. It's gorgeous when the light hits it. He's like, yeah, Jasper. And carnelian, which is almost like this deep, rich, red, ruby, kind of a brightness there. And you're seeing this huge spectrum of color and bright beaming white and reflective elements. And it was an awesome display of light. When God was showing John all that he was, he was using light and sound in so many ways. And he was revealing out the Jasper and the Carnelian. Just so you know, by the way, Jasper, um, the priests in the Old Testament had kind of a, this prayer uh, block that they would carry. And on it was 12 stones. And the first of the stones was Jasper and the last of the stones was Carnelian. And so you have this uh, combination of the two stones, almost like God is saying, and then let me show you me. I'm the beginning and the end of all the access to me. I am the everything, and this is my greatness, as he began to reveal it out in a little bit of precious stones and jewels and light color and splash. John sees the brightness of it, and he's just trying to put it in his own words. And he ties it back to the priestly stones and some of their colors, and he's like, it was amazing, this throne that beamed forth with the glory of the greatness of God. God the Father, who is perfect in every way, who is present from eternity past to eternity future. He can do anything, and he has it all in hand. And in his mercy, he reaches down into our world to rock our lives forever. That God, seated on his throne, beaming forth massively, Jasper and Carnelian, and the bright lights and the color, jaw-dropping, just imagine, you get the privilege. The heavens open, whatever that sounded like and looked like, angels, whatever, and all of a sudden you look and you see the throne just beaming forth. And your jaw drops and your worship begins. May we begin to enter the throne room with our king. May God get all the glory. He says, and around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald. This massive, huge rainbow-like spread of all kinds of color, but green peppered within and all over emeralds. Various levels of shades of green going on and then other spectrum color all around. God in the midst of his glory loves to speak with light and sound. He's making a huge sense of his presence known as this rainbow splashes from his glory and his presence right there. And as John begins to take in the perfection and the glory of God and the rainbow spread and the color everywhere, it says around the throne was this rainbow and then around the throne were 24 elders 
clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their heads. 24 elders clothed in white garments, golden crowns on their heads. You know, there's a lot of conversation about who these guys are. And uh, there's a couple of different thoughts on it. I mean, some would say, I think these represent uh, the church. And these are like saved, maybe leadership of the church. Some say, I think maybe it represents like the 12 leaders of Israel and the 12 leaders of the church, the apostles, right? So you have the 12 tribes and the 12 apostles, and you get 24 out of that. The math works, that's for sure, right? And it does say that they're clothed with white. And so somehow there's this perfection, this glory they've been clothed with in holiness. And it says they have crowns on their head. Just a little tip on the crowns. It's not crowns like a king would wear, like diadem. It's not that word in the Greek. It's a word that's like the crown that somebody would wear after winning a race in the Olympics. It's the word stephanos. It's the word that means kind of a reward crown. This is a golden crown of reward somehow for something in their life. Is this human beings that have been elevated up to some level of leadership? Or is this angels in some way elevated up to some level of leadership? There's discussions both ways on it. It's not to nail down here. Let's just say this. They have a lot of authority. They had a lot of power. And they are absolutely in charge of worship going on in the place. These 24 elders rallied around. It says these 24 elders clothed with white garments and golden crowns on their heads. They were somehow rewarded in the midst, which will come up in just a little bit in the passage. It says, and from the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. Think about the most powerful storm you've ever been in. Just take a moment, think back like a moment where the lightning clapped down almost like right in your backyard, like when it pounded the place and your walls rumbled. Maybe you even had a picture frame drop off the wall or something where there was a huge statement of power and authority. That over and over again, massive power and authority of God in the rumblings and the lightning, and the peals of thunder. Just so you know, this quote right here is quoted three more times within Revelation. So it comes up four total times. First, right here at the throne. We get to see that its source is God the Father in his throne room. He is the one who thunders forth with this lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. This is God speaking my authority, right? But more than that, in the next three times you see it, there's actually going to be three sets of sevens that'll come up with the wrath of God being revealed out. And at the end of each, at the end of the seals, at the end of the trumpets, and at the end of the bowls, this phrase. And there was lightning and rumbling and peals of thunder. And in fact, each time it adds more words to it. It gets bigger. It gets better. It gets stronger. It gets more powerful. May God get all the glory. Huge as these rumblings and peals of thunder roll out in Revelation. Four times over, three after each of the sets of wrath, and then right here, God making a statement. My will. I'm in charge. I have massive authority and power, but get this, and mercy and love. God on display in a huge way. It says, and before the throne 
were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. And uh, probably just meaning this is the Holy Spirit represented in the number seven. Remember, God's number is seven, right? And we saw it all throughout last week as we looked at the numbers of years put together and put together in sevens. We're going to see it all throughout Revelation here, the thunderous sevens. And so you have the Holy Spirit on display here with the seven torches, the seven lights, the seven fires, if you will. And these seven fires are now the presence of the Holy Spirit. So you have God the Father on the throne. You have the Holy Spirit present in the seven torches. You have Christ standing by. Can you see the Trinity? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And John is standing in and amongst as the three persons of the Trinity on massive power display. And our job is to be able to worship this God for worship, not for worry. May we rally to this King and celebrating with all we've got. It says, and before the throne, there was, as it were, a sea of glass, like a crystal. And before the throne, there was, as it were, a sea of glass, like a crystal. In Revelation 17, it says the sea represents every tribe, tongue, and nation, and people. Maybe this is a representation of all the peoples that are saved, rallied before the throne and worshiping him. Maybe that. Or maybe God was just like, you know, this is too much light to lose. Let's put an awesome crystal floor in here that just splashes it all over the place. And God's just doing something, stating his unbelievable glory. Maybe it's that. Whatever God's choosing to do with this splash of perfection, with the light everywhere, the sea and the crystal and the color and the... God's like, welcome to a little bit of me. Just a taste of who I am. Behold and see who our God is. Man, it is so easy for us to have something right in front of us and just miss it. Have you ever noticed that? Something happens right in front of you. Somebody's like, did you see that? And you're like, see what? Right, or maybe you're the one that sees it. You're like, oh, look. And the person next to you is like, where, what? And they're just looking around. We tend to miss things. Why do we miss things? In fact, I was looking up some details on our site and even blindness, and what does this mean? Why do we tend to not even be observant in space and time? And it was funny, I, there was one scientist who did a test of like, what does it mean to just be in the moment, uh, have a sense of not paying attention enough? And so he did a test. He actually had a, a stranger walk up to somebody and ask for it, like advice. Hey, where would I go to get to, can you give me a little direction? And they start to talk, and right in the middle of the talk, they have two guys walk through with this giant wood piece, like this huge slat of wood. And they walk past, and he walks right between them. Totally rude, right? Excuse me, walks between them. And as he does, the person who was asking for directions ends up grabbing the piece of wood, and one of the people that was carrying the piece of wood spins off and pretends he's like he's that guy. And they just like, as the wood goes through, now they're standing there with each other, and it's a completely new person. And the person who got disrupted with the wood goes, so anyway, you keep going down here, and like three quarters of the time, they never caught that the person changed. A little bit of the time, they were like, wait, you, what, what just happened? And they're, now they're confused. They're like, maybe my mind is wrong, right? You start checking yourself. There was so often that you just tend to miss because we value some things and we don't value others. 
And uh, so I just wrote these words down. Three reasons that we might miss beholding what we need to behold. Ready? Number one, inability. Like truly, my eyes may not work or my spiritual eyes may not work. I may be blinded spiritually. Second Corinthians 4 talks about Satan blinding the eyes of those who do not believe. Like an inability to see. Lord, open my eyes. Like a regeneration that needs to take place in my soul, an awakening to my soul. Lord, show me what I need to see of you. Give me the ability to see. Lord, please open my eyes. Right? That's the first one, inability. Second, or refusal. No, I don't want to look at it. Like, I don't want to see that. You don't want, look at God in all of his glory. I, I don't want to see that. There's things going on in my life right now, and quite frankly, I'm devastated by them. And I don't want to have to look and see who he is. I want this hurt fixed. No, I don't want to look. And all of a sudden, our heart grows cold, and we tend to turn away from God and refuse. We could see, but we won't see. Man, be careful, that's not you. Lord, please open my heart. Right, the first one, inability, Lord, open my eyes. Second, Lord, open my heart. May I be willing to see you in all that you are, no matter what. Man, in the face of our pain, one of the greatest battle cries you can make for, Lord, open my heart. Right, in the midst of our struggle, my God can. My God will. And even if my God doesn't, I will worship you. Lord, open my heart. I'm ready to see you no matter what's going on. You get my worship. Inability, refusal, and then the last one, distraction. Distraction. You know, where you're just talking to somebody, you're talking about something, and then you see something else and you just change topic. You look around, you know. A lot of times in our days, you like we'll say the word squirrel, right? Yada, 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 squirrel, right? And you just look away, you're distracted, something else came up, and whatever that is. Some of you looked at me really weird when I said the word squirrel. Do you know what I'm talking about? All right. Don't leave me up here alone, right? So yeah. Uh, But you get distracted on these little things, and all of a sudden, like, oh, that's cool. Oh, look at that over there. Oh, unbelievable. And like, oh, yeah, there's God. I see that in the, oh, oh, look at that over there. And all of a sudden, we're looking around at everything in our job or the money we could make or the possessions we could have, or the relationships that we could have, or the vacations that we could have, or the healing that we could have, or the pain that we're enduring. Whatever it is we're walking through becomes squirrel. And we start looking away and we start missing it. Lord, please help me focus. Man, those are our three battle cries. Lord, open my eyes. Lord, open my heart. Lord, please help me focus. Man, an amazing moment of beholding your God happens when you give your heart willingly to him and let him rock your world. And all of God's people said, and that's our call, is that we come before him and we worship with all we've got. So simple question. Which one of those is you? What do you need to go after most? Lord, just open my eyes. I'm not seeing anything. 
Lord, please open my heart. May I stop refusing. What is it that needs to go? Lord, too much distraction. I'm ready to give it to you. Here's my request. In this room right now, online right now, just taking a moment to say, right now, Lord, it stops. I'm going to give you all my worship, and I am going to bring it full tilt. I am going to behold you with all I've got. Nothing held back. And just give it to your king right now. This, this isn't just me talking. This is you now participating. Lord God, I'm ready to see you and however I need to see you. I'm giving this to you. Give it to him. Point number two. Let's join in and worship our God who has eternal power and divine nature. Let's join in and worship our God who has eternal power and divine nature. Man, our job is not to sit like spectators. It's time to participate. I'm in. I want to be a part of the worship. May God get all the glory. I want to be a part of celebrating him. It says, and around the throne and on each side of the throne were four living creatures. And the question is, what are these living creatures? We'll see some more description to it. Some will say they think these are angels, some sort of created being like that. Others will say they think this is representation of all of creation and all that's going on. There certainly is a lot of similarity between the seraphim that you see in Isaiah or the cherubim that you see uh, in Ezekiel, right? And so maybe these are angels in that regard, but I'll tell you, there's a lot of connection to creation as well and a lot of connection to the greatness of God. Listen to this, full of eyes, front and back. The first living creature, like a lion. The second living creature, like an ox. The third living creature with the face of a man. And the fourth living creature, like an eagle in flight. Some will say, maybe these creatures represent us, creation, right? And the lion represents all of the wild beasts. And the ox represents all of the tamed, the domesticated beasts. And, and the man, which represents kind of the most intelligent of creation. And then the eagle, the majestic bird, and the flight over and representing that whole realm. And maybe this is like the realm of creation being represented and all the eyes is like, and they never miss a thing. Their beholding is now perfectly centered on God. Maybe that's what it means. Or maybe it's more reflecting the character of God too. Like all the eyes, God is omnipresent and omniscient. He sees everything. He knows everything. Your God knows everything. There is nothing going on in your world that he is unaware of, absolutely aware. And he is the greatest of all of these, maybe as lion, leader, as ox, greatest of workers, as man, most intelligent of all beings anywhere, and he shared a little bit into mankind. Maybe it's looking at the greatness of God. Whatever it is, for sure we can say this, their job is worship. They bring it back to God Almighty with all they've God says here, and the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around, within and day and night, they never cease to say. 
So they have six wings, much like you see in Ezekiel and Isaiah. Does sound angelic in some sense there. There's maybe some whole combination of this, representing God's character, representing creation, representing the greatness of them, and their job is going to be to bring worship. These living creatures cry out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy. In the Hebrew, when you repeat it three times over, it means there is no greater example. This is the greatest example. Holy, holy, holy. He is set apart. He is unique like none other. He alone is love. He alone has all power. He alone has the stunning greatness to even think to create all of creation. And he sits over it with all that he is. This is my God. Holy, holy, holy. Man, just cry it out with me and cry it big. Ready? Holy, holy, holy. Bring it louder, bring it bigger. This is our job, to recognize that there is no one like God. There is no one like him in all of creation. May we give him our celebration. Holy, 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 pure, perfect, set apart like no other. You know, I used this quote two weeks back, but in that moment where we think we're right and God is wrong, we are wrong, right? Just embrace it, man. God knows exactly what he's doing. May we set down our hurts, our pains, our struggles, and may we look to him and worship with all we've got. May God get all the glory. They cried out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty, meaning all-powerful. He can do anything who was and is and is to come. He existed from eternity past, who was. He exists here and now, who is. And he exists into the future forever, and who will be. This is our God. By the way, Yahweh means eternally existent one. The one who exists from eternity past to eternity future, who was and is and is to come. The eternal great perfect God. There is no one like him. Man, all too often, our daily struggles become the most rich thing in our lives. We are so expert on whatever's going on right in front of us. May we stop and look up and see our king. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And as they cried out this battle cry, this hymn, this praise, this celebration forever and ever, it says, and whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, whenever they celebrate the one who has eternal life, whenever they celebrate the one who has authored all that we know of life and living, whenever that happened, it says, the 24 elders fell down before him who is, sealed on, who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne. Remember I told you those golden crowns of the 24 elders would come into play as they now throw them back at the feet of God and say, we aren't worthy. 
you get it all. We don't deserve. You deserve. Man, you have to see the crescendo of worship that John was walked into as this throne room lights up with glory and perfection and color, rumblings and power and light, and then four living creatures light up and they start to celebrate, holy is this one! And the 24 elders fall down and they're throwing their crowns before him like, we aren't worthy! This is our worship, man. We need to be all in for him holding nothing back, celebrating with all we've got, all that God is. Man, this is a massive call out of sacrificial, humble, all-in worship. Are you in? Are you ready to give God everything you have? Nothing held back. Tears in eyes if it needs to be, celebrating with all you've got. God, you get my praise. You are the one who gets it. And then they cried out, these 24 elders, as they throw down their crowns, worthy are you, O Lord, and God, to receive glory and honor and power. Worthy are you. Everybody just cry out, worthy. worthy. Louder and bigger. They're like, you get it all and you deserve it. You are unbelievable. Worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. Just so we're clear, God already has glory and honor and power, right? This is not them being like, whoa, you should get a little more. Like, everybody say, not that. Right, this is them saying, unbelievable all that you have and you deserve more. Why am I holding on to this crown? Here, you get everything. I give you all that I've got. I don't hold on to anything. You're in charge. You're king of the universe. You're my God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Man, that thundering worship going on all over the place as it echoed in the scene. It says, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. You brought them into existence. You hold them in existence. Without you, there is nothing. And with you, there is everything. You get my worship. I'll just say it this way. Worship is all of me celebrating all of him, nothing held back. Worship, all of me, celebrating all of him, nothing held back. Our job here is to bring a worship that uh, we have sweet privilege to go after. So for those who are observant, uh, you may have noticed we did a, a little bit less of singing at the front end because we're going to do a little bit more of singing at the back end. We're going to bring some worship to our God. But here's the deal. You've noticed in the book we've done some drawings and some images to try to draw things here and there, and it just doesn't do it justice to try to bring it in a small image in some way. So what we're going to do is we're going to experience our God with all we've got. So I'm going to ask our worship team to come on up. They're going to come up and be getting set as they go after it. So as our worship team's coming up, let's get them set. As we go after that here, our job is to be focused 
and humble and powerful. Our job is to bring huge submission in our worship. Our job is to join in. Are you ready to join in? Are you ready to join in? Man, let's bring it to our King just one moment here. Are you ready to join in? May God get all the glory. May He get all the praise. So hear me. We're going to give just a taste of the throne room. Just a sliver of a taste of the throne room. As he talked about the light and he talked about the sound, we're going to bring a little of it to this room now. And we're going to experience the throne room. May God truly reveal himself. Please hear me. Hold nothing back. Our job is to cry out with all we've got. Holy, 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 worthy are you. And all of God's people said, let me pray here before we go at it. Heavenly Father, we hand this passage to you. Lord God, we praise your name. We're in awe of you. Lord, we thank you for your amazing moment of showing us your throne room. Just a sliver of it. Now, Lord, we welcome you into this room right now. May we give you everything we have. May we hold nothing back. May it be all about you. In your name, I pray these things. Amen. We are going to go to black, and then we're going to bring it up from there. May God get all the glory. And around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance 
of an emerald.